Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I am joined by the ever-lovable, most-hated Sharks fan on Twitter, though, uh, Mr. Salo Dan. How are you, Dan? Fantastic. Thank you, Terry. How about yourself? Oh, mate, I cannot complain. And uh, with the red-hot start that the Newcastle Knights have had to the season, we had to get him back on. Arguably our, our favourite guest. He just blew us a big kiss. It's the statue guy. We've got Carlo back on. What's going on, fella? Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me on again. I, I, I cannot believe it was November last time that we did this. This That is took been way too long. I know. Now, we're going to get into two things. The first one, I'm going to hit you with the blind side here, Carlo. Do you remember oh, what no. your prediction... Is this the sixth? No. Do you, do you remember what your <laughs> prediction for the Knights was this season? No. No, I don't. It's funny you mention that, mate, because if the draw had proceeded as expected, you guys would be 2-2 two and two right now because we would have belted you so bad you would have lost, lost the next week. <laughs> so, you know, a bit, a bit, so of, a bit of luck. Were we supposed to meet the Sharks in round five? I got a notification for that recently. Round three. three. Round three. Oh, supposed to play. Yeah. Um, oh. so, look, the, the restart of the competition, if it had stayed as it was, we would have been playing you guys, but... Uh, obviously, the the main reason that we have got you on, apart from your uh, incredible good looks and that beard that you have, give us an update. Give us an update on the uh, bronze for Johns, mate. Okay, so like everything else in the world, the um, the pandemic really did have a big impact on this, but um, in a more immediate manner than even I could have imagined. So when I spoke to you gentlemen back in November, you know. It was a, it was an online petition and it was just a ton ton of um, memes that I was doing in my spare time and on my lunch breaks at work and so the next thing I knew we sort of uh, got to Christmas we survived bushfires we started getting um, we started getting a response from venues New South Wales who uh, uh, run McDonald Jones Stadium and um, they were happy to meet with us and uh, myself and my colleague Andrew Hughes we drove down to Sydney. With our plans in tow, we had a really good uh, conversation with the CEO there um, towards the end of February. And um, he, he, at the end of the day, he, had, he said, look, we have so many plans that we want to do for McDonald Jones Stadium. Um, he essentially said, the last thing we want to do is give you guys the go-ahead for something that we're not sure that we can really do, deliver on. So he, he really gave us an opportunity to continue a dialogue um, and um, find out what they wanted to do, what we wanted to do. And then he was actually going to finish up 
the CEO is going to finish up and take up his job with. Um, um, sorry, that's my last phone call. He was actually going to move on to the New South Wales Waratahs. So we were then going to have to meet up with a new CEO, start talking with them, and then the next thing we know, the global economy shut down and nobody was doing anything. So I've sort of been biding my time a bit, um, waiting for things to get back uh, to normal, and um, we're hoping to make contact again with Venues New South Wales in the next couple of weeks to get the ball rolling again. So it was it was all positive right up until everybody stopped doing it. So, yeah, that's where we're up to. Look, the, the, the biggest takeaway that I got out of that story is that guy dodged a bullet going to the Waratahs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I think I could sense the happiness in his voice when he was telling me about his him moving on because I think when he met us and he realised that we weren't going away, you could see that he was just, the glint is not going to be my problem anymore. Um, but no, look, in all seriousness, he was really good with us and... Um, yeah, we're looking forward to um, uh, getting this statue up sooner rather than later. But it'll probably be next year at this stage. I don't think anything's going to happen this season. Speaking of um, going away, mate, I've um, I've been following. I had a quick look over your Twitter account today, looking for some fodder tonight, and I look no further than every yeah. single tweet you've ever sent for the past six months, where you've got the same, <laughs> like it's like a signature where you tag at nine RL and at nights NRL. Um, yep. our, our mate Nate Ryan, if he wasn't bold, he'd be bold, <laughs> or uh, by now reading all those bloody tweets. <laughs> I, I, he, great bloke. He is a wonderful, wonderful man. I, I, I bumped into him at um, the community launch for the for the twenty twenty season, and um, he was very polite with me. And it, I think the key takeaway that I took from that was when he said to me, he "says, mate, none of us thought that you'd get this far." And, Have we lost uh, it? No. Technical issues? It's all good. Love a little bit of technical issues. It's all good, mate. You should see the freeze frame I got at the moment. The old vinegar yeah, stroke. I know. His <laughs> eyes are closed. <laughs> we, I think we, we've lost him. We brought him to death. Mate, welcome no, back. back. He's back. We lost you for a minute there, Carlo. Oh, no. Oh, no. My, That's so, right. um, the, the, the long and short of it is that Nate's a good bloke and he's been very good towards me. So, um, But I'm all about pushing boundaries. No, that's all good. Um, let me push one more boundary before we review the footy. Um, can we get a bronze statue for Jesse Ramian up there? Not a chance in hell. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, if, if he is going to get one, he's, he's got to get in line. I think um, I think Bradman Best has become the new favourite uh, centre player in Newcastle over the last two years, so he definitely have to get behind Bradman before that's going to happen. All right, well, we will be talking some Bradman Best later, but let's talk about Thursday night. Uh, the Broncos 0, the Roosters 59. Uh, Dan, you and I called the Roosters to win this game by about 12 points. We said that there, there might be a bounce back. You predicted Anthony Milford would bounce back. Uh, Still waiting. Yeah. No, uh, that didn't happen. Um, what we saw was... An absolute capitulation, and I don't know what was funnier, the the actual game and the, the, the way that the Broncos just gave up, or Broncos' Twitter. Um, I'll hand the floor over to you. 
Definitely Twitter, mate. They they haven't been through this stage. Every every team other than them in the Storm has had that one or two seasons where they really fell away. Brisbane fans just don't know how to deal with it, so they're lashing out, and it is delicious. Mate, I got some stats. I actually did some, some homework tonight. Only Nat Butcher ran for less than 100 metres up front for the, the Chooks. The Broncos had 60 return kick kick return meters all game. I think Josh uh, Brett Morris had about 140. Um, 1200. I I don't even believe this. 1200 meters more run by the Roosters in 61% possession. But all I took out of this game was that uh, Young Flano had an absolute belter, and I am very very sad. Yeah, uh, Carlo, what did you take away from this game? Um, two words for you, uh, well, three really, disrespectful field goal. That yeah. was, um, at one point, someone screenshotted, that, like they'd obviously searched disrespectful field goal in the Twitter um, search button, and I was just scrolling through, like, just reams of tweets, and tw- NRL Twitter was going nuts at half time of that game with disrespectful field goal. And I obviously don't need to um, say, explain this to you, gentlemen, but for Knights fans everywhere, that was just the sweetest moment for us in that entire game to watch uh, to watch Luke Keery uh, send that one over. Yeah, that was that that was our big that was my big takeaway from that game. Why would that yeah, be, mate? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What, 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 what made that field goal so sweet for you, Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's got something to do with. Um, I think it's obviously got something to do with things that go around, and they, they tend to come around. But I mean, in all serious, in, and actually in all seriousness, I was actually saying this in a in a chat with um, for a lot of Knights fans that actually that actually probably put to bed a few demons that we've been carrying around for the last four years. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was a particularly sweet moment on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, look, I, the, the notes that I got away from this, the, the Morris brothers, they could probably play till they're about 50. They're that damn good. Um, Kyle Flanagan was exceptional. Victor Radley was absolutely superb. That guy is, he, he just, he plays so so far above his weight. But the yeah. Broncos, man, they're dreadful. And, and Anthony Seabold, you know, the players didn't front the press conference and he looked like he didn't give a shit. He was just like, oh, you know, it was just an off night. But... You know, they lost 59-0 and 34-6, so I think their, their aggregate in the last two games is 93-6. Um, yeah, something some stinks up there. Doesn't make for good reading. I, I tell you what, I enjoyed this game. I, I couldn't believe Twitter all weekend kept saying, you know, the new rules are making these games, you know, blowouts. The Broncos being shit made this a blowout, and the Roosters <laughs> being fantastic made this game a blowout. Nothing to do with the rules. Yeah, well, we'll move on to the next game as well. But you're going to see a correlation in the two teams. Penrith 26, the Warriors 0. Um, yeah, it's it's more about the teams losing. You know, they, they just aren't that good. Like, you know, Penrith are, are sort of, you know, they, they found a, a, a great spark of form at the moment. Uh, and, you know, the Warriors did get that win over the Dragons, which turns out to not mean all that much because the Dragons aren't that good. But... I don't think I don't think the new rules have, have made an effect, you know, so much as to the, the Broncos and the Warriors just being dreadful footballers. But um, absolutely, yeah, the, 
the, the Panthers look like they just they had a training run. You know, that, that's really what it was. That Matt Burton, I'm a, I can't believe they dropped him this week. Oh, I'm, a, I'm in a fantasy comp with some boys who run a points competition off their own stats from the NRL.com website. And I was up against a team that um, um, captained Matt Burton. And he dropped <laughs> like 50 points on us on, um, on Friday night. Wow. Captain uh, Matt Burton. He, he was good. He, he was good. Jerome Luai uh, stinks, and he somehow got the, uh, the sixth position. But, Dan, what did you make of this game? Um, another game that had nothing to do with the rules. Penrith were just far better. Uh, apart from Tohu Harris and Roger Tuovasa-Shek, the Warriors didn't offer much. 81% completion, which is way down on last week's. I mean, if the Warriors don't come up against a really shit team, they're going to struggle to take... To score and once again, Isaiah Yost this is a supremely underrated footballer. Terry, are you willing to admit it yet? Oh, I actually had on my stats that I didn't realise he was playing until the second half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go again next week. He honestly, he honestly didn't take any hard runs at the line until the Warriors were fucking knackered. Look, he didn't really need to. James Fisher-Harris had an absolute field day, and I'm coming yes. around to that guy. I thought he was a bit of a well, not a dud, but very average. But geez. I'm eating some crow this year. Yeah, yeah. J- James Fisher-Harris is, is very quickly putting himself in the conversation as uh, not only one of the most improved players, but one of the best props in the competition as well. Uh, he was the he was the best player for mine um, in this game. The Warriors had no answer for him. Um, I think uh, one of the issues that uh, Penrith have at the moment, they're not giving Brian Toto enough ball because that guy just gets the ball when he's, when he's kick-returning. I want to see more Toto. <laughs> not a bad shot. I just want to see Brian Toto. Just keep, just let's not happen. But uh, I'll tell you one player who really turned the clock back and uh, actually broke a bit of a try, uh, try scoring drought. But uh, Josh Mansour looked pretty good this game. He's uh, had a he real was... good start to the season. Mm. Um, should we move on and talk about the Storm uh, winning over the Rabbitohs? 22 points to 8 in nothing else that can be described as the Cameron Munster show. Uh, Throw it over to you, Carlo. What were your thoughts on this game? Well, funnily enough, before we actually get to Cameron Munster, I actually want to give a shout-out to Latrell Mitchell. I thought it was his best game of the season so far. Um, I think there is some substance to what Wayne Bennett has been saying and that I'm happy to give him time. He has been improving with each week. And um, Friday night was definitely his best game so far this year. Yeah, he, th- he threw that nice pass to, uh, to Alex Johnson, uh, put him over for a try. Yeah. Uh, his kick returns and his positional play looked a lot better as well. Um, yeah. But Cam, Cam Munster had, uh, had the Rabbitohs on strings. He was, just, he was pulling that game around. Uh, Melbourne, you know, he just attacked whenever he wanted to. I think they got a little bit lucky on that Vunavalu try because that was a shocking kick from uh, Jerome Hughes. But, um, yeah, again, you know, Munster jumping out of dummy half, catching some tied forwards. Uh, Dan, our mate, Liam Knight, had a shocker again. The the whole forward pack for the Raiders, I mean, Sewer had a pretty good game, and I love that to Tola. But otherwise, their forward pack, uh, they've, they've gone from one of the most imposing, dominant forward packs in the game to absolute tripe. But, geez, it, I'll tell you what, it didn't take the Storm very long to figure out this new set of rules. They look so good on Friday night. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, they've got Cameron Smith pulling that team around as well as Cameron Munster. So, 
you know, I'm probably I'm probably going to make uh, Carlos Payascal a bit red here, but the greatest player of all time in Cameron <laughs> was, was not going to sit back too long and and sort of let these new rules get him out of the game. Um, with the Rabbitohs, you've got to remember they're a Connor Tracy forward pass away from being 0-4. That's it. That's yep. what I put on zero tackle. Wait, what yeah. pa- is Pappenhausen a Queenslander? No, he's from uh, Campbelltown. Oh, there you go. That that settles that question then. Was that? Well, I was going to say, do you see him getting in the Queensland Origin side, but I can't see him playing for New South Wales. No, because uh, Mitch Doyle put him in the Queensland team, and I, I had to check that out. But no, he's a he's a Tigers junior, and he he was born in New South Wales. Ah, uh, gotcha. But, so, so I'm pretty sure he will. Play, he, he will play for Queensland this year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Brinko Lee is he going to be another one of these average first graders that Craig Bellamy turns into a decent player? Um, yeah, look, there's always been a footballer in Branko Lee. I think the biggest thing for Branko Lee is consistency rather than anything else. He's been at some really shit teams. Like, he's been at the Dogs and the Titans. And, you know, we've seen what, you know, going to the Titans has done to a player like Tyrone Peachy. So, um, yeah, look, fingers crossed he, he, he just he uh, pulls his finger out. And uh, he's a player that I enjoy watching. And, um, yeah, Bellamy can, uh, can make a miracle out of him. Well, whatever. Question, boys. Is Dane Gagai forgotten how to find the try line? Did he ever really know how to find it? Oh, in a maroon jersey, he bloody found it for fun. But as soon as you put him in a club jersey, he had two certain tries on the weekend, didn't back himself, went in and got pummeled. Very disappointing. My favourite stat at the moment is that he's got um, 47 career tries in something like 190 First grade games, and uh, Josh Papali's got forty eight tries out of uh, two hundred first grade games. So um, yeah, fantastic. he's very much living on his Maroons reputation. Though. That's some um, good data. Oh, what, 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 my favourite stat as well was that at one stage um, he had six tries in sixty six games for the Knights or something like that. So it was like one in eleven games he was scoring a try for you guys. Um, yeah, strike rate. Um, as well, yeah. Ricky um, yes. You, know, you, you can say that he played in a, you know, he played in a pretty ordinary Newcastle team because he did for a couple of years. But he's oh, gone to South. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's gone. He's gone to South when, uh, you know, they've been a finals team, and he, he's. I don't think he scored over ten tries in a season. No, he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't have. So at his at his current rate, he's sort of he's probably hitting at about one try every. What four or five games at the moment? So yeah, it'd be highly doubtful that he's been. He, he's he's not a strike record weapon in um in first grade. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, you know many suggestions. Before we do, so before we do, before we do move on to, from this game, can I just give a shout out to Justin Nolan? I, yes. I, I I lived in Papua New Guinea for five and a half years, and I can guarantee you. They would have been going absolutely bananas when he did. He score his first try for the Storm on Friday night. I'm pretty sure that was his first um, his first try um, in Storm colours, and they would have absolutely loved it. The, the whole town would have been talking about it for the week. So, um, big shout out to Papua New Guinean followers of uh, the game, and uh, yeah, well done, Justin Olam. And, and our Papua New Guinean fans on Fins Up as well. Big shout out oh. to you guys. Para nineteen, Manly sixteen. Uh, were Manly robbed? Uh, I've put here no. Absolutely agreed. Yes, I thought the pass went backwards and floated forward, 
I hate that rule. They're never going to fix it. Uh, I think Parramatta were far better side overall. Dylan Walker obviously dropped the ball over the line on that second try. And yeah. I think they were lucky to even get close, to be honest, let alone win it. I think yes. that, that, that pass, the uh, turbo through to uh, Ruben Garrick, was the exact same trajectory that Sean Johnson threw to Ronaldo Mulatalo against the Tigers last week. And that was called a forward pass. And we didn't hear shit about it. Uh, and that, that changed a bit of momentum for us. Um, it had the same flight path. It had, you know, obviously Johnson had a bit more time and composure to throw the ball. But, yeah, look, I don't care if it was backwards out of the hands. It floated forward. It's simple as that. Yeah, I, I was a bit more annoyed at the time because I, it cost me a correct tip. And um, I thought for the life of me that because in the end I finished with three for the weekend. So that was going to be the last good one that I would have gotten. So I was more annoyed about that than anything else. Um, but the result, yeah, the result is the result. There were decisions that could have gone both ways throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really that try to the, to the yields at the beginning, beginning of the second half. That's what... That, that 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 was what lost Manly the game. It wasn't a it wasn't a linesman's call in the last minute. Yeah, look, but I, I completely agree with that. Look, the, the the big battle that came out this weekend, Mitch Moses versus DCE. Uh, some calling it a bit of an origin showdown. Uh, Moses really jammed his authority on that game, though. Morris won that one on points for mine. Oi, what do you, Ruben Garrick? The guys kicked like two from eleven in the past two weeks. What the hell is going on there? Fantasy teams, and he hasn't missed as my kicker, so that's, that's, that explains that. Plenty of practice. The situation is every week you need to ring up K Dog and find out who's in his fantasy team. Yeah. Don't have those players. Yeah, get off. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. We're gonna miss the uh, the Sharks Cowboys game and jump into your boys. Yes, the Canberra Raiders eighteen, the Knights thirty four. Carlo, the floor is yours. I said to a friend at, at, at work today, I was like, oh, what did you get up to on the weekend? I said, oh, I spent about 80% of it on the couch. And I said to him, it probably would have been closer to 85% of the weekend on the couch. But that extra 5% of the time was me jumping up and down during the night's game as we were either kicking out to a lead or suddenly find a way to make 20 to 22 point lead as uncomfortable as possible. Can I, t- boys, can I, t- can I tell you, and you probably know this, this Dan better than I because you've been trolling my Twitter account recently. I was I was watching the second series of Afterlife with um, Maya the Harder last night, and I don't know if you know much about the show, but he's a very depressed character. Um, Ricky Gervais is hugely depressed in that show. Anyway, it doesn't matter what he says, but at the end of when he said something, she looked at me and she goes, "Ha, huh, that's like you supporting the Knights." Now that should be a picture. <laughs> into how psychologically damaging it is to support the Newcastle Knights and the NRL. And the reason that I say that is that that is even Captain Capsule. We can have a comfortable 18-point win or 16-point win on Sunday and they still managed to find parts of it that were like absolute hell on earth. Um, this Newcastle's buzzing at the moment. And I, I honestly... I, Honestly, I pray for the, the well-being of the city in general, but also I think the NRL is a is a much more fun place to be around when the Newcastle Knights have happy supporters, because I think NRL Twitter has been happier for uh, because of it. Uh, 
in terms of you don't have these morbid, depressive people just trawling through um, <laughs> social media trying to tear everybody down. Um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed the nights uh, this year at the moment. I think uh, I think Carlo's dropped out on this again, but... Uh, Man, it was the Ponga show on the weekend, wasn't it, Dan? Mate, it was. My first is uh, Bradman Best, very good. Ponga, very, very good. That uh, that left-hand side, I mean, you've got Rocks or Diamonds and Edric Lee, but that that's one super dangerous left side. Yeah, um, it, was, uh, it was an incredible, incredible game from the Knights. Um, the Knights forward pack, some stats came out today. They're averaging over 1,800 metres a game. Uh, yeah. They, they only ran for 1,800 metres once last year. Um, I will say this. Um, David Clemmer has really, like, taken that leadership role on with the Knights. And I know he had it at the Dogs, but that Dogs team was just a bit, you know, it was a bit rough and, and didn't really have any direction. But you can see where the Knights have been, you know, building these last couple of years. And just picking up Clemmer to add into this forward pack and give that... That real oh sorry, some pricks just put his high beams on number the car park. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the 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 knights, man, they they were they were so good. I, I thought you guys would have literally no energy after that effort that you put yeah, in against Penrith last week. Yeah, if you're gonna come out and just absolutely destroy the uh, the Raiders, but Carlo, you, you were you were telling the story about how. Um, you know, an uncomfortable lead. Uh, you actually, your reception cut out a bit at the end there. But uh, I, I can tell you about comfortable leads if you want. Uh, 2016, the year we won the comp, we actually led the Brisbane Broncos 30 points to six, and the final score ended up being 30 to 28. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, uncomfortable leads, depression. Man, Dan and I hear you. Sign of a good side, though. Um, this is exactly what I thought the final was actually going to be on Sunday. Was the, yeah. I thought we were going to lose that 30-day game. The party crashed over. I thought. So um, we were just happy that the boys had managed to finish it. And in, in, in honour of Bradman, full credit to the boys. Uh, yeah. Full credit to the boys for their performance on Sunday. We, um, we don't like that podcast. Andrew, Andrew McCulloch, uh, what a game he had. Uh, Brisbane yeah. fans had, had convinced me that this guy was some kind of bum. Yeah. Um, Dan and, I, yeah, Dan and I actually gave about a five-minute segment on why this was just a terrible signing for you guys. <laughs> Bear in mind, you guys had signed Jaden Braley, who is a terrible signing <laughs> and an atrocious footballer. And Mate you backed him. it up with McCulloch, and he was really good on the weekend. Like, he was really, really good. His service looks so crisp as well. It, it's funny you should say that because... The words are still ringing in my ears from our November podcast when I specifically said, Jaden Braley, yeah, he's not really a, a premiership winning hooker, the final piece in a premiership team, is he? And uh, he'd been, a lot of people have been pointing out to me that he'd been going well this year. So um, um, it isn't it isn't a surprise how well McCulloch went, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Look, I tell you what, your your coach is um he's doing wonders up there. He'll probably uh you know Anthony Seabold came in and uh and had a one year wonder with the Rabbitohs. He might get himself a six year deal with the Broncos next year. <laughs> Come in quick. Well, on the other side for the Raiders, George Williams another two try assists. 
And Josh Papali broke 28 tackles in that solo try. I thought they were on the comeback when Papali went over. Two tries yeah. in five minutes. I, I didn't think I didn't think George Williams was like as good and, and didn't really stamp his authority. Jack White as well had had probably a, a game that he would like to forget. But absolutely. really, man, like I, I know I know Caelan Ponga was just absolutely incredible, and and you know there's just been all these stories about him on just how good he is and he's freakish. And, and he was he was easily click up man of the match on the weekend. His stats were phenomenal, but that game there just showed you what. What a good and, and he's not a good Origin halfback, but Mitchell Pearce is a really, really good club halfback. He I thought it was his best. I thought yeah. it was one of his games for the club on yeah. Sunday because yeah, he, he didn't open his hand. Yeah, he just he, he, he literally put the pieces where he needed to go, and he, yeah. he he found the weakness in the Knights team, and he just did enough to to kill that game. And and even still, when Papali when Papali crossed, I thought. You've got to have a look at the Knights and the end goal and, and who were the two people that were doing all the talking? It was David Clamour and Mitch Pearce. Yeah, 100%. 100%, Morts. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll move on because I feel really uncomfortable praising the Knights. Um, <laughs> so do Gold I. Coast, Gold Coast Titans 28, the West Tigers 23. The Titans end a year without a win in a sensational comeback marred by a little bit of controversy as well. Uh, what was your thoughts on the ball breaking the ten meter flight? I've got no problem with it. Yeah, I think it went. I thought it went ten. Oh, yeah, it's only supposed to break it, isn't it? It doesn't have to completely cross it. Yep, yeah, that's how I read it. It's just gonna, yeah, it's got to break the, the ten meter line. Um, the guy jumped with his foot on the line anyway. And if you jump with your foot on the line from the in goal area, you go out to the twenty meter line anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. It means yeah. the Tigers lost, so, I mean, the referee got it right. <laughs> Sign me up, double. I, I think this is the most I've enjoyed a non-Sharks win for a long, long time, when Sammy fell on that ball, because I thought they'd, they'd created an overlap and butchered it. But that, that 77th-minute try and the winner was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, it was a great night for Rugby League because the great Keegan Hipgray crossed the line for his first ever try. Uh, that'll be a day that will not soon be forgotten. Uh, before we analyse this, can I just how fucking hot is Anthony Don with that beard? Oh, good He's got a K dog beard going on. <laughs> the K dog beard, mate. You'll give him you'll give him an even bigger ego if he listens to that. Much better in the six. I know he had a um, a pretty slow start, and the Tigers got off to a good run. But um, look, no one's ever doubted Ash Taylor's excuse us skills. I think it was just his um his ability to turn up on the day. But he was really good on the weekend, and I hope he builds on that. I mean, I know the Titans won't win many games this year, but if Taylor plays well, they're suddenly in a lot of games they wouldn't have otherwise been. But this uh, yeah. this game just followed the exact same last week for the Tigers. Early lead, get run down, score late, bit of a lull. They were, and you know, the, I mean, this time they lost last week. They couldn't find that, unfortunately. But uh, David Nofaluma, mate, what a highlight reel. Yeah. Um, I, I was at, at, at 12 nil. you kind of thought, you know, okay, the, the, the Tigers are going to run away with this. And then Ash Taylor yeah. kicks that 40-20. Um, I will say this, Jamal Fogarty, like how have the Titans not given him a game until this year? He looks good. Looks real good. 
wasn't he a um a burly bear last year? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we crushed his dreams on grand final day. That's it. It was great, but he was. I don't think he was a Titans contractor player, was he? Yeah, he was because he, he's, he's played one game from before. Ah, good. Well, there's no excuse then. They should have had him there probably last yeah. year, to be honest. And he's he's their long term number seven. I think Brimson yeah. comes back at fullback, and um, what's his face, Mister Mister I've been everywhere, can uh, play off the bench. Tyrone Roberts. That's him. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as you said, the Titans aren't going to win many games, but I'm glad they beat the Tigers. I'm, I'm just so happy they beat the Tigers. Absolutely, I feel like you brushed over the Nofaluma try assist, mate. That was some quality football. Was that the Was that the kick to my boy BJ Lewis? That was the kick to your boy, who once again had an absolute mare of a game. He's been a shit signing. So's your boy Curtis Scott. He <laughs> yeah. Got abused by a rookie. Look, that's true. It's it depends on who's been. <laughs> Been less shit rather than who's been better, but uh, I think it's pretty neck and neck at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, K Dog, what were your thoughts on the Titans? Um, all I wanted to say was uh, big, look, big, huge credit to Justin Holbrook. Um, I know at one point he was um, in the running for the Knights uh, job. I actually think there are a few Knights fans who, when Adam O'Brien was announced, they were actually quite disappointed that he did, that Holbrook didn't get it. Um, and I think he's, I think he's got a, a mind of he, he has got that long term vision as well. So I'd say that he is trying to um, pace his players and uh, bring in bring in players as they need to come in, as opposed to as the team needs them to come in. So uh, I don't think um, it was that big a surprise that he managed to get that performance out of them. And you know, if he can keep getting the best out of them as he did on the weekend, um, I think yeah, I think they should go all right. So phenomenal effort though, huge effort because I. I can tell you from experience, you know, the longer that goes where you don't have that win, the harder it feels to get the, the next one. Yeah, it always feels that's a lot further away. Look, Dan and I were pretty critical on Justin Holbrook last week on uh, on Fins Up because he, he keeps chopping change in his team around. But the one yeah. thing he, the one thing that he did persevere with was was Fogarty and Taylor, and we were we were pretty impressive with that. And if he can just if he can just get some consistency out of those two, is you know that they, they are going to be in games. They're not going to win much this season because there's not much talent there but they can be competitive and they can upset some teams so um, and they've done rugby league a favour by putting the Tigers back in ninth where they belong so the Tigers were the only team that were beaten by the 2016 Knights so if they're the only team beaten by the Titans this year I think it'd be perfect that's fantastic speaking of perfect the Dragons 2 the Bulldogs 22. This was not a perfect game, but we did get the two for 22. Um, and the Dragons are—they uh, still haven't won a game, so it's it you know ended. It ended by a long weekend brilliantly. Stone motherless last, isn't it fun to say? This Dragons team wouldn't beat the Jets at the moment. I don't oh, think no, they'd beat the the Mounties. Uh, I can't see many New South Wales Cup sides they beat, including their own. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the, like that side is basically a borderline New South Wales Cup side anyway. It's really it's poor. Um, but I will say this: um, Kieran Foran came back and looked like he hadn't missed a beat on the Foran that we had last year. He's a shell of the Kieran Foran that was at Manly, and, and we get and we understand that. But last year, Kieran Foran was putting in some some really good uh, performances. And again, on the weekend, all he did was just guide that dog's team apart. He just steered him. He had a, a Mitch Pearce kind of game. He just put the pieces where he needed to. 
Dan, you and I both said it next week. The first change that the Bulldogs needed to make was put Will Hopewadi at fullback. They put him at fullback, and look how good his hands are. Just when he's catching pass, is phenomenal. It's the best in the league. He's a fantastic player, hugely underrated. I also like DWZ on the, oh, that's not good. Uh, on the um, on the wing, both ran for over two hundred meters and both played outstandingly well. K Dog for you, Tyson Frizzell, what do you make of that signing? Yeah, so I, I jumped on um, this. Um... Oh, we lost him. He was just <laughs> saying how shit Tyson Frizzell is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, K-Dog and I went backwards and forwards on this on, on Twitter, actually. Because um, I said, you know, if I, was, if I was a Knights fan... Oh, sorry, we lost you again, Carlo. Um, you're back. Tyson Frizzell. Am I back? Yeah, yeah mate. Um, Give us what we want. I think we're learning... I think we're learning a lot at the moment. And I do go back to O'Brien compared to what Brown was getting out of some of these players last year. I think actually the, the last two seasons have really shown us the difference a coach can make that maybe up until the last couple of years we might have been taking for granted. I mean, you always accepted that a Wayne Bennett or a Craig Bellamy or a Des Hasler, that like your, your, your elite coaches could get the best out of players. But I think we're starting to really appreciate just how bad, bad coaches. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Fair cool. Yeah, as I say, Kate Ogham. Kate Ogg and I went backwards and forwards on Twitter yesterday. I said I'd be a bit concerned about Tyson Frizzell, and a lot of people came to me and said, just look at the side he's in. But he hasn't really been all that good, and I know he ran for, for the most Peters for the for the, dra- for the Dragons against the Warriors the week before, but he does. He just has that bit of a bludger about him. He's going to be 30 when he rocks up to Newcastle. He's, they've paid him quite well to get there. I think it's a bit concerning, but as... as Carlo uh, rightly pointed out there, if Adam O'Brien, you know, and Adam O'Brien looks like he's a really good coach, if he can just get Brazil's mentality back in of, you know, that hard-running, hard-hitting player, then I'm sure he'll be fine. But, Jesus, the signs aren't good at the moment for anyone in a Dragons uniform. But this is the thing. It's funny what you say about them being a reserve, a reserve grade aside. But they've got so many rep quality players. In like Paul Vaughan, uh, Tariq Sims. Uh, to, nobody in that team is performing. Like nobody across the park looks like the elite caliber player that we know they they are. So um, my favourite part of that game was towards the end. I think in the last five minutes, I caught it on camera. You could see Mary McGregor clearly in the coach's box, just saying to himself, "Fuck me," and um, that you know that really just summed up the afternoon perfectly. He just he had no answers. I, I tell you what really made me laugh was there was there was the, the vision of Mary McGregor, and then the no try was ruled, and then he disappeared out of the screen, and they quickly panned over to Flanagan as if to say, "Well, there's the look at the new the new coach." But um, what, one thing that sort of really, like, and I hate the Dragons as well, man, but I can't stand seeing James Graham, a broken man, and he he was shattered on the weekend. He was absolutely shattered. He was. I they really pushed him on do, Fox, like, too. What? Sorry, mate, you what go. Was, what was oh, I was asking, how many stints has he ever done playing at lock before? That was a bit from left field. He was probably exhausted. Yeah, oh, I don't know. When, when he came over here, he was playing a lot of 80 minutes for the Dogs, and he was, he was ball playing because they had Hodgkinson and Reynolds as their halves. Oh, actually, no, his first season, they had, they had Matt Keating in the team. Um, 
Yeah, and and they somehow made a grand final off the back of his ball playing. But yeah, I, I don't like. I don't know. I don't think McGregor's got the answers either. They're not getting much out of Ben Hunt. I feel really sorry for Ben Hunt because, like, like, like Sean Johnson, he's been dragged through the media when he's got other players in, in critical positions that aren't performing either. Like, Corey Norman's just dog shit. He went to fullback. He, yes, he was mm-hmm. safe under the high ball, but he didn't really chime in. He didn't take any pressure off Hunt. That Adam Clune, I know it was his debut, but he was awful. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, we made the joke last week, but Chad Townsend could, could literally leave the Sharks, go to the Dragons, and make both teams better. <laughs> Who was? I don't know about you, but I wasn't joking. Yeah. There's not much to like. He could. <laughs> he, he's jumped right in on the Chad bandwagon. I love it. it, it not much yeah. to like here with the Dragons. Thought the Bulldogs were good, but again, can't see him winning too many games. Uh, who was your fellas? That, that's uh, that's that for now. Who was your player of the round? I have got Caleb Ponger. He was my player of the round. Dan, do you, do you want to go? Or, uh, All yours, mate. He's frozen again. He has. What he was going to say uh, is Matt Moylan. Oh, well done. Yeah. Thank you, Caleb. Yes, well done, Carlo. <laughs> saying Matt Moylan was the player of the round. Or uh, Jesse Ramian. For me, I um I think Kyle Flanagan was uh pretty pretty fucking good on Friday night Thursday night. He wasn't even the best player on his team though. Victor Rambley was. Yeah, he's pretty good, mate. He was pretty good. <laughs> we got you back, Carlo. Who was your player of the round? Oh my, I've dropped out again. So Bradman best. Uh, I was going to say Caelan Ponger, but um, um Bradman uh, and I, I think what topped it off as well was his ability to. Uh, he's really good in front of the camera. He, um, he loves a little bit of a post-match interview and uh, the credit that he gives to the boys, yeah, a bit of credit to Bradman Best. Oh, I, I, there was one thing that I didn't didn't mention the the Canberra versus Knights game. After he scored that draw, try, Joseph Tarpany just showed what a fake tough guy he was by trying to fight everyone <laughs> and then rub, yeah. rubbing Clemens' face. Like that is, yeah. Mate, yeah. you've just got spanked. Don't carry on like a fucking dickhead. This is why no one really respects you. That's why you're a joke as well. I'm glad Newcastle got rid of him because he's a fucking Bag that bloke, I hate him. Um, uh, a few fans were impressed. Yeah. Clemmer's reaction uh, though was perfect. It was like a fuck off, you bug. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Um, some news. Mary McGregor, the, the Dragons had a board meeting today and decided that uh, money over results was more important. They didn't have the million dollars to pay him out. Um, there was a leak that came out today that said the only contenders at the moment for the Dragons' job were Trent Barrett, Jeff Toovey, Sean Wayne, uh, Tim Sheens, Steve Price and Anthony Griffin. After reading that list, they probably were better off saving the million dollars and just riding this season off to see if you can get uh, Wayne Bennett. Um, how he survived, I don't know. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh Thoughts on Mary surviving one more week? He's been given four weeks to save his job, which is about the 15th time I've read such a headline. This is a guy who who missed finals like three years in a row, won four games against shit sides in a row and got like a four-year extension. Then they upgraded the extension when he beat the Sharks back when we were shit. And so I don't I don't get it. They, they obviously love him. He's their guy. So just come out and say, fuck the members. This is your coach. Get used to it. Or... Jeff Tuvey aside, I don't know what you do there. Tuvey I rate very highly, but those other coaches, 
<laughs> stick, stick, stick with him. Hopefully, a miracle happens. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it it doesn't read well. Uh, the Dragons have won two games out of their last sixteen. Does anyone know who they beat in those two games? I do. Yes. Can I? No, is one of them the Titans? Both of them are the Titans. What was the stat I had, Terry, that the, the Dragons haven't scored a try in like 80 days or something? Yeah, we'll change that on the weekend. Yep, yep they'll clear 80 seconds, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Dragons are in trouble, and I think they're a rattle of the ship. They're, they were hoping that Flanagan would be cleared, that every yeah. egg was in that basket. When that was shut, I think they had no choice. Yeah. Uh, 177 minutes they have gone. Their last try was against Penrith, which put them out to a 28-18 lead in a game that they lost anyway. Um, but yeah, they've now been shut out by the Warriors and the Dogs, the two teams that we predicted to come. Uh, 16th and 15th have held the 14th place Dragons uh, to no tries, but rest assured, in the derby, they will probably score three tries and win the game. Uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, a shout out to our boy uh, Cleve. Uh, Pepper made her first appearance on screen uh, in the Dogs Dragons game. She was seen uh, behind the goalposts at half time. That was pretty awesome. That was a good tweet earlier. And just between us, because I know Cleve doesn't listen, she's the only reason I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing to do with his incredible looks. Uh, (laughs) Josh Reynolds fires at Buzz Rothfield and offers him to meet him at the car park uh, at Concord at 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, We know Buzz didn't turn up. What were your thoughts on that exchange, guys, between Buzz and uh, Josh Reynolds? Falls over to you, Carl. Yeah, I was... um... I was very, very impressed with the way with, with the way Josh Josh handled it. The only thing that um, that came to my mind was I I started to think of this guy sort of there's something about fake tests that seems to uh, uh, attract him whether it's uh, fake pregnancies or fake drug results. Either way, it's, it gets him into trouble. So uh, you have to feel sorry for the guy. So I thought he handled it well. You know, it was fantastic yeah, to be honest. You know, Dan, Dan's going to have his rant on the Daily Telegraph because his, his good mate Adam Moobs is there. But this is what I'll say at the moment. I, I, I think Josh Reynolds handled it really well until he offered Buzz to meet him at the car park. I thought I thought yeah. that part probably could have been left out. I think on Buzz's part as well, we all know Buzz loves clickbait and, and rumour mongers, and everyone on Twitter was calling Buzz a dickhead. But he's got 80,000 followers, right? So... You, Whoever follows Buzz, you're part of the, you're part of this problem. But Buzz could have just made that phone call to Josh Reynolds and say, "Hey, mate, heads up! We've just found out that you've failed a drug test on the side of the road. Can you give us any insight?" And and that would have been squashed straight away. You know what I mean? But he's done the sensationalist thing, and he's now been called out by the players. And the media are now turning around, going, "Well, we don't have as much access to the players, and they don't want to talk to us." Well, here's the fucking reason why. Have a word to your colleague. Even if you don't work for that paper, the next time you see him, tell him to pull his head in. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on the Telegraph? Definitely not the first time he's done it. Um, there's actually something going up on Zero Tackle today that I had to I had to run through the boys. I had to give it a second read because it was very negative. Um, not not as an insider, but someone who knows a little bit of what's going on there. I, I get the odd DM with a um, with a rumor. Um, the only one I've ever run with is that Ben Hampton signed for Cronulla. Uh, because Rugby League Mole actually um, 
slid in once he got hold of it and asked me about it. And I confirmed it despite not knowing whether. And he ran with it. So I thought that was really funny. But nine times out of ten, they're crap and they're just stuff that people have found on forums. Uh, occasionally I'll sit back and three or four days later someone will break the story and, you know, it, it come out and I missed it. Ultimately, I don't have the resources to check these things. And if I'm wrong, it fucks whatever goodwill I have and I don't have that much to begin with. So for these guys who don't have 2,000 followers, don't hide behind a Matt Moylan photo and 99% of people don't know, have the time and the resources to reach out and go, hey, Josh, what's the deal here? Get the quote. Hey, look, yeah, it was a positive test, false positive, no story. That's not how Buzz operates. I've met him numerous times, and he's always off his fucking rocker, and you say something, and he, he picks up, and he listens, and he tries to get stuff out of you. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I hate that Adam Mobs guy. I hate his fucking attitude. He's, oh, leave me alone. I've muted you because I'm so cool. Do your fucking job. You put one Polynesian player under another Polynesian player's name in the Telegraph on the weekend. We had to badger the socials to get him to fucking correct the story. The Sharks reached out and said, you know, the Topo Cruz, whatever his name is, left a month ago and they're saying Shark Star, Shark Star. The guy played a couple of games under 20s last year or two years ago and they're linking him. Fucking sensationalism and it drives me crazy. Yeah, look, I, I, th- I thought that was really poor. One, to, to name him straight away and say, oh, you know, because he's on the Sharks website. Well, the NRL runs that, not Cronulla. He uh, wasn't on the website though. You clicked his link and it said page not found. That was your fucking clue. Yeah, and the other part as well was putting a picture of, of a 88-kilo uh, centre named Jackson Ferris and calling Cruz Topwire when the picture above shows the guy literally trying to pick that police car up was a fucking beast. Hey, so, Terry, did you see the picture of Cruz scoring a try for Newtown? Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that'll, make, that'll make good podcasts. That's, yeah. that's probably the funniest thing you've ever done. There you go, uh, mate. Just finally, six, six uh, Sharks players uh, failed the first two rounds of biosecurity tests and had to stick their head in freezers and put themselves in ice packs to clear. Uh, the NRL are coming out saying that they're going to do things, including not cutting the 21 squad and perhaps allowing teams to take 23 players away. I, I think that's a smart move. Um, if six players from the Sharks had had failed another fucking test, we wouldn't have heard the end of it. And uh, also, uh, the game would have have been played tonight. So, you know, they've got got to do something. I know you named 21 players and you've got to cut four players before kickoff, but perhaps 23, 25 players travel with you. Um, they do the warm-ups, everyone does the bio-testing, and then you can just cut the players beforehand. I think I think in, in the world at the moment, that's what you've got to do, because if you only take 19 players away and six fail a test, you know, Phil has said on the footy show, well, if, if three players fail a test, you just play 14 players. Well, that's smart for people's fucking health, isn't it, Phil? <laughs> pretty, pretty garbage. What? Something afterwards... They reckon headphones have got a lot to do with it because they're measuring it in their ear. Because these players now walk around with the big warm headphones on their ears, you know, whenever they're just to get themselves ready for the They reckon that's actually starting to impact the temperature that these um, that these measurements are taking. So there might be something in that. It's funny you mention that because I, I have it on good authority that they're listening to this very podcast on those earphones and their ears are trying to, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Terry, we're in oh, under nine minutes, mate. What's up? We're in under nine minutes. 
All right, well, just quickly, we'll run through the tips. Uh, Thursday night, Manly versus Brisbane. Brisbane have made mass changes. None of them are any good. Ben Teo's back. He hasn't played rugby league for six years. He hasn't had to run up and back 10 metres because he's been playing rugby union. Uh, give me Manly in a canter. It's just going to add more misery to Brisbane. Dan, who are you tipping? Manly by plenty. K-Dog? Same. Good stuff. Everyone's in the greens. Uh, six o'clock, Warriors versus the Cowboys. Jason Tomalolo's been named in the number 20 jersey. No Michael Morgan. Late mail is Jason Tomalolo will play. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back on this one. Cowboys, Val Holmes. Yep. K-Dog? Cowboys with or without JT. Yep. Uh, Friday night, probably the game of the round. Uh, Parramatta versus Penrith. Um, I think it's going to be the Mitch Moses show again. They are going to be way too good. Uh, Dan, who are you taking? Parramatta. K-Dog? I'm tipping Penrith for the upset. Um, first, uh, first loss of the year for the Eels. The, the loss they need to have. Yeah, right, nice. That would mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it would probably give a chance that uh, Penrith and the Knights will be the only undefeated team. Uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock, South versus Titans. Um, no real changes in either of the teams. I am going to pick South. To, oh, Cody Walker's back. I'm going to pick South. South just. I, I, I think every team will flog the Titans, but I don't think South are that good. But I think they'll win. Yeah. Uh, 5.30. Going to Central Coast Stadium to watch the Knights versus the Storm. Uh, I am going to pick the Knights in an upset, K Dog. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm backing the Storm, but that's only because when I tip the Knights, they don't win. So, uh, Storm, like 1 to 12. Good shit, Dan. Who you got? Uh, Melbourne for me, mate. Cam Smith, Cam Munster Show. Nah, it's going to be the Ponga Pierce, McCulloch, and Clemmer Show. The Knights are going to destroy them. I, I'm going to pick the Knights by 13 plus. Um, and uh, Saturday night, Tigers versus Raiders. Uh, the Tigers have done the most stupidest thing you could do and drop Benji Marshall off one poor game, despite yeah. him being their best player for the last 16 months. He was even their best player during coronavirus. Uh, they put Josh Reynolds at number six. Give me the Raiders to bounce back and beat the Tigers by 20. Bingo! New, oh, mate, this is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and speaking of huge and floggings and everything we're expecting, the Bulldogs versus the Roosters, I don't think we need to say too much. Uh, the Roosters are going to spank the dogs. Uh, Kate, are you taking the Roosters? Completely agreed. Dan? Roosters. And I just want to point out that some guy on zero tackle had a go at me for saying the Roosters would fin- uh, win four in a row on the restart. Here comes number three. He can't do it. Uh, <laughs> Am I back? Yeah, mate. Back. Uh, just you ran me in for a hat trick, that's why. You'll be able brilliant. to. We love your work, mate. Look, even though your internet connection was poor, you've been brilliant. Uh, we really hope you get that statue, mate. Uh, it's, it's just the most unbelievable thing. I'm still a part of your Facebook group. Uh, I love seeing it. I love that hat. You're going to have to slide into my DMs and tell me how I can get a bronze for John's hat. Um, oh, but for now, man, thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, have, have a word to your internet provider, though. No, I definitely will do that. Thank you very much, boys. Cheers, pal. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow.